Welcome to the PI Podcast, Political Insights for the Palaging Inis. I'm your host, Matt, and with me is my co-host, political scientist, meme lord, and level 69 undead warlock with lawful evil alignment and equipped with the Orb of Marxism and the Staff of Dialectics, Borge. <laughs> okay, na. I should start playing D&D myself. PI nyo, PI nating lahat, Borge at your service. Yes, welcome to episode 19 of the PI Podcast. It's been a long journey. It's a lot. Yeah. 19 uh, We're almost oh. two decades. Uh, yeah. But before we move on, uh, we'd like to promote the, a particular new experiment we're doing. It's called the PI Raw, where we have unplanned and unedited content and discussions, particularly this one about everything is political. What can you say about that one, Borch? Yeah, yeah. We, we've discussed that. That was, that was relatively cool. The first time that we tried an unplanned, mm-hmm. unscripted. Uh, but then again, that PI raw was uh, had been stewing uh, for the past few months since we have started mm-hmm. discussing everything is political. So, mm-hmm. para siyang ano, uh, adobong matagal lang nasa ref. <laughs> and hopefully, government standard adobo. <laughs> anyway, nalalo ko pa yun. Anyway, uh, the funny thing is that it, 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 it there were two discussions. One was in everything is political, mm-hmm. and two also how. Art is inherently political, and so those are two questions. I think the latter is wasn't as fully fleshed out, you know. Mm. And so it's a continuing discussion we might have for the next few episodes. But for now, I think this one we are returning to our old concept, which is a PI Film Institute, where we review yeah. a particular film, and this film is Tililing. Remember mm. when we discussed Tilling before, you know, before this episode? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we we have one slice on uh, uh, psychological health here in the Philippines, especially the rise of uh, health awareness mentality. Uh, mm-hmm. Then again, uh, I think we argued that, that we don't have the right vocabulary to properly mm-hmm. integrate such concerns into our society. And this movie, we, I think we watched it together. We, we, we chose this movie because it basically embodies... Uh, the problem, uh, mm. shared problem of uh, misunderstanding and uh, looking at mental health as a taboo still mm-hmm. for most parts of the Philippine society. Right. So this movie more or less is a satirical take mm-hmm. on that issue. And mm-hmm. yeah, we have decided to use it as one of our uh, key cases in trying mm-hmm. to understand if art is political. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is... Well, it's a good jumping point because it is an extreme case. It's not a regular film because last time yeah. we talked about rom-coms, the romantic <clears throat> comedies, <throat> which is a mainstream, uh, and there are a lot of them. And right, this one is an extreme case because it's it was highly controversial, and it came out, if I'm not mistaken, Mar- uh, March or April? March, I think. Uh, March, I yeah. think. And it's been a long time since we got to it, you know, yeah. and uh, we decided to get to it, you know, because it's... Uh, again, it's not number one. It's not an easy thing to watch, and we realized mm. that the moment that the movie started, it's mm. not an easy watch. And be, most reviews universally like panned it; so they hated mm. it. And uh, so, all the more, it made this inter- interesting for us because mm. one thing that we uh, we share is that we do believe and love in uh, Philippine movies, just perhaps in different ways. Mm. Uh, and hopefully, we we can shed a shed a light. 
on this. Uh, I keep I hate that phrase, Clar- but clarify, 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 and to you know dissect and to mm. ease out the interesting themes from this material. Mm. So yeah, um, tililing, which is a derogatory term for someone who is suffering from mental health issues, mm. usually meaning insane, crazy, etc. It's joined by other words such as. So I, I think we, we gave a survey of that one during our slice of pie. So better check it out. I think we made yeah. a list of those. And of course, because this is an in-depth review, of course, spoilers for those who plan to watch it or maybe who have not watched it. But if hopefully this will inspire you to watch it anyway with fresh eyes, even yeah. though you haven't watched it. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Wait, course, I, don't, uh, I, don't, I don't think we'll provide the ending of it. So, All right. minimal okay. spoilers, minimal spoilers. So, we'll be discussing, of course, details, important details, but of course, to highlight the themes, not the whole movie, per se. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Of course, if for that, go ahead and watch it yourself. It's somewhere out there in the internet. Uh, we're not sponsored, so... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll send some links that where you... Can... Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. So, let's start with a summary. First, this, the movie it starts with three female intern nurses mm. who were assigned to a mental institution and of course the, uh, it cuts back and forth between their first night of the assignment and their on the job training orientation mm. and <clears throat> eventually and where they see regular like the inmates being treated being mm. hosed being uh, herded like animals yeah. and eventually and the, of course their main task is for them to give medication to three top uh, special patients, mm. much more how you say delicate cases compared to mm. the rest. And of course, though, if they're also they're also assigned not only to give them medication but also to diagnose their mental condition. Mm. And if they're able to do that, they'll be able to graduate. There's yeah. even one who took what six years, seven years before he was able to graduate in her internship. And eventually mm. the climax is or the turning point of that is eventually the inmates took over the asylum. That happens many times with sim- similar movies. <laughs> and and, th- and so they had to accomplish their task while all the inmates were just dancing and flailing around. So of course it mm. you can see that it's a dehumanizing. But eventually once they once they meet the star patients quote unquote, mm. which are played by Gina, Pare- Gina Parenia yeah mm. uh, Baron Geisler and Chad Guinness three mm. of more more or less star studded actors in the cast uh, they realize that there is more to learn <clears throat> to these people than their craziness mm. so did I miss anything out George in the yeah summer? I think that that's, that's that's fair that's fair so yeah. m- minimal spoilers so, minimal spoilers yeah so what are your impressions when you watch this, I think well, we watched it together, but just it on was, your end, it was well. First, cinematography-wise, it was something new. To an extent, it was mm-hmm. a bit too much on the eyes, and I think they gave a warning about <laughs> those mm-hmm. suffering convulsions should not watch this due to uh, flashing Oof. images. So yeah, yeah. so cinematography-wise, that's that's that. Hmm. Story-wise, uh, the main themes to an extent, uh, well, the main characters and the main patients do come in pairs. So mm-hmm. the interns were were paired were paired with uh, mm-hmm. very interesting cases. But the, you know, the the main impression I got would be <clears throat> first this it's a question of where does insanity come from? Mm. Where does insanity come from? Because the basically the stories of those who went insane, the, the three special cases, mm. they're 
breakdowns were caused by other people first and foremost. Right. <clears throat> so yeah. So there is They weren't born from, that way. Yeah, they, they were, were born that way. Yeah. Caused out of pain that they were caused yeah. by yeah. By their positions in society, their experiences. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's basically the social roots of insanity next time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that goes but, that reverberates back to what kind of society do we have? Are we a society mm-hmm. of sane people? So yeah. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. you? Well, what did you well, I, get from it? Well, as someone who ha- is familiar with Daryl Yap's work, by the way, the director and writer of this, the auteur behind this, is mm. a controversial figure known as Daryl Yap. And he has created a lot of controversial, <laughs> triggering, even uh, politically incorrect content, mostly uh, known for uh, videos of like even students screaming about their <laughs> classmates for not doing their work or nagpapabuhat sa thesis mm-hmm. or even uh, students st- screaming at their teachers teachers screaming at their students even mm-hmm. in the time of pandemic a lot of people had mixed reactions some enjoyed it others did not there's another one another movie Gluta wherein a an Aita is known as for having a dark skin is now desiring to have her skin whitened through glutathione. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's one. Another one is portraying Sharon Conetta, Atishawi, who was known as a protagonist in the 90s mm-hmm. uh, to, for be all of a sudden having a, a midlife crisis and suddenly getting body shots from Marco Gomaba, who is known for being mm-hmm. a young stud, a young up-and-coming sexy actor. <laughs> so, yeah, in other words, very controversial, mm-hmm. very eye-opening stuff. But some people say he's doing it for the sake of, again, for the attention. Knowing his work, you expect outrageous stuff. And <laughs> what we saw definitely was literally... Was outrageous. Um, mental, yeah, crazy stuff. Literally people peeing on each other, throwing poop at each other. Literal excrement shit. It's like, holy crap. This is, again, it's difficult to imagine. This is done in through the... Digital, it's distributed digitally, mm. and it was produced during the pandemic. So, of course, mm. that's interesting. Um, but uh, so there's a lot of limitations for this work. Mm. Uh, so, but at the same time, it's difficult to imagine this being in the theaters because there's a lot of stuff you don't normally see. You don't normally mm-hmm. see people cursing each other, saying put like <laughs> I word, you know, like that over and over, gago, etc. <laughs> All the you know, curse words. So, it's difficult for a regular moviegoer to go through. Mm. Uh, and it's it's ugly. It's loud. They shout mm. at each other a lot. They do not have indoor voices. But I think what we'll, in, we'll go through is that there is something perhaps maybe worthwhile as a kernel of or diamond in the rough. I found it relatively fascinating, really. But then again, I'm a fan mm. of sad, uh, satirical work. So... Right. Uh, such is not uh, unusual for me. Right. So to those who are familiar with uh, surrealist movies, surrealist films, mm-hmm. or extreme satirical films, uh, this would be, this would mm-hmm. be fine. This would be yeah. Fine. And the thing is, a lot of uh, Philippine movies, I think, mm. uh, are have been because they are market driven. You know, it's mainly to gain money. There's not a lot of examples of filmmakers taking risks like that mm. especially dealing with excrement and cursing etc in <laughs> fact there are a lot of people who are turned off by Daryl because he is so liberal in writing curse words into the script <laughs> so in a way we have to perhaps cut through that and say 
is this worth sitting through curses? Because in, there is value to having like dirty and explicit mm. content. In a way, it's a release of <laughs> id energy. So, sila na lang magmumura imbis na ikaw, di ba? We elected one into presidency as far as I'm concerned. Ah, so, yeah. so he's, in a way, he's riding that fascination of the, how would you call it? Uh, what's Palamu- the word? Palamurang mga Pilipino to an extent. Palamurang Pilipino. Uh-oh. Well, the vulgar. There we go. The vulgar, of course. Yeah. The, the populace. But uh, mm-hmm. for those with middle class sensibilities, yeah, mm-hmm. this would turn you off, of course. Mm-hmm. But again, is there a perp- do you think there is a purpose to using this expletives and excrement? Or tae, tsaka ano, tangina. No, because the, the thing is, in when the sane and the insane collide, mm. emotions run high and emotions right. are usually expressed as grunts, as expletives. So, mm. uh, again, the story was <clears throat> all mm. characters were in dire conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sane ones are starting <clears throat> to lose their sanity. Yeah. The insane yeah. ones are trapped in their own problems. So, mm. so, yeah, there's much stress. So, whenever someone's mm. stressed, I mean, cursing is the most natural thing to do. Right. Yeah, I, I would be, I would be yeah. off if the entire movie didn't use a single curse word, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be unrealistic. Because oh. oh, that yeah. would be unrealistic. So, if you're yeah. trapped with a bunch of crazies and people started peeing and throwing poop at you, of course you'd papamura ka, papamura ka. Or chasing you around. Yeah. yeah. This is the PI podcast. <laughs> Magmumura tayo ngayon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, one thing I would uh, I want to get to what you said. Mona. There's technically there is no line between sane or insane. It gets blurred, you know. Mm, of course, yeah, yeah. naturally, when the movie starts, there are the nurses who are presumed sane. matinong tao. That was yung mga baliw o yung may tililing, may tililing at walang tililing. And then, but as the plot goes on, habang tumatagal ang ang palabas, pilang lahat sila. Hmm. May tililing, bigla, di ba? Makakita mo na parang halos pareho na sila. That's the one thing. In fact, that's uh, what people are worried about. Like, perhaps you're punching down or hmm. insulting or <clears throat> oppressing even. Hmm. Cinematically oppressing hmm. someone, people suffering from mental illness. And that's what most people have a problem with. From the poster. Hmm. You know, from the poster. Hmm. But the, thing, the weird thing is that what happens in this movie is that there's an... Ten, there's a equalizing effect number one because mm. they're starting to get covered in shit and filth mm. um, technically they start to smell mm. like the inmates mm. and at the same time you get to learn the story of the inmates in other words it's equalizing on uh, for them you you get to understand their backstories better and like i said they're not defined by their illnesses they're just people who suffered mm. a trauma Yeah. Minangyari sila at may pinagdadaanan sila sa buhay. Yeah. Kaya ano, ganyan sila. Hindi the, the basta, basta of their, uh, Yeah, the basis of their sickness is not genetic. So again, mm. uh, I think social. This, would, this would be one, mm. first and foremost, a qualification that uh, we mm-hmm. must take regarding mm-hmm. understanding this movie is that it, is, it, it right. is a movie about socially inflicted mental illness. Right. So I think people would be offended if it would refer to those who are genetically uh, impaired. Yes. But mm-hmm. this is not about the genetically impaired. This movie is about mm-hmm. those who suffered through society. And mm-hmm. equalizing factor, I, I think the better term is just blurring the lines. I don't think there's right. an equalizing factor to an extent. Mm. It's more of uh, the lines between sane and insane are so blurred right. 
that they begin they can begin to switch places that even the right. insane ones you will know that the insane ones the, the problematic ones they became insane because of sane reasons that was the mm. sane reaction to such a problem that they had faced right so mm. the last yeah. or it, <laughs> the last moment of sanity is to be insane right actually if i were to rephrase what you just said mm. to find the sane in the insane and vice versa in other words there's someone who can you can understand and speak to in the inmate where at the same time mm. even in the nurses you see that uh they themselves have how you say pain and impairments yeah yeah uh it even ends with a mirror that's the point. That's the ending. Mm. It's the mirror of them looking and then they see the inmate again. And then the inmate looking at them and then seeing the nurses. That's the... That's I wouldn't say equalizing, but I suppose the... How do you say that? No, Relating? It's, it's, the, no, having a relationship? Or like no, the I, empathizing? I, the empathy yeah. that's they occurring. At, yeah, that's each of them looked at the mirror. Each of them looked at the mm. mirror. They saw themselves and they can still recognize themselves. Yes. So I think that's a... But there's something sane <laughs> in mm. all of them, right? So yeah, that's uh, a lot. A lot that's been going there on there. Uh, I suppose one thing that we have to say before we move on is: is this a political piece? And if so, like, as an of course, as a piece of cinema, it is a piece of art. Mm. But how is this political? So in the way we define here, as yeah. art is political. So in what sense is this a political piece of art? Well, we say that art is political if it is concerned with a public issue or with a political mm-hmm. issue. And this right. this film is explicitly concerned with political issues. I mean, there were many mm-hmm. lectures trying to explain right. or to give context or to give background, to give an explanation. I, I think the creator knows that the, the movie would get flack, hence mm-hmm. uh, things must be explained. So, so yeah, and the explanations were, of course, uh, trying to raise where the hell did insanity come from? Right. Uh, In fact, there's a sp- there are two specific. Well, I, I don't know about the third actually. Mm. Uh, there's two specific storylines of the inmates. Number one, I think the in one inmate, played by Gina Pared. Gina Pared is that her name? Yeah, you I think probably so. Probably check that. Yeah. Gina Parenia. Gina. Oh, yeah, She's wait, a wait. very good and legendary actress. <clears throat> I have to get wait, that. Wait, 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 Gina. Gina Pareño. Gina Pareño, sorry. Gina Pareño, yeah. Great actress. She's actually uh, played... She plays an inmate who was raped as a comfort woman by the Japanese. And as a result, because she was in the uh, in the comfort women camp, she was not able to meet her true love. So that's why she went insane. She's still waiting. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. That's, Is that right? No, 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 no. no not right, not right. She she was not a comfort woman. She she was raped. She was just basically gang raped by the Japanese. Yeah. Uh, the Japanese threatened her family uh-huh. uh, that they would kill her family if, right. again. So she offered herself to the Japanese, right. but when she returned home, her husband didn't open the door. Ah, because That's, he couldn't. He wait. He could not wait in a way. You know, he got tired of waiting. He couldn't bear the fact that his his wife got raped. Simple ah. as that. So. So uh-huh. the, the the insanity was triggered by the fact that she sacrificed herself for her family, and but mm-hmm. her husband rejected her afterwards. Mm. So her sacrifice was for well, her sacrifice was was to uh-huh. an extent backfired on her. Right. So that's right. that's basically a conflict between a sacrifice made by a person and the mores of a society. At that mm-hmm. time, it's a well, conservative conservative man. <clears throat> if you want to hold your head 
a pipe, you still have to still want to have a sense of pride, and right. your wife is already dirtied by by foreigners. Mm. So he closed the door. Right. That's why he went. Mm. Oh, that's why she went insane. Anyway, that's interesting. It's, it says a lot about how women are looked at generally by society, mm. and the fact that her own husband still felt social <clears throat> shame. You know, yeah. could not open the door. That's a sad part, and that is political in a sense because it is a public perception of women who have been raped. Yeah. On the one hand, they are people who are victimized, and they are people who fight for them. But on the other hand, they're also broken goods. You know, so they're not broken goods. Let's just say, well, for her Spoiled case, goods. Yeah. None, yeah, that's how people would look at them. But what makes mm-hmm. the what's, what what makes her case? Far more depressing was that she sacrificed herself. It was not. She was not forced to mm. give herself to the Japanese. Mm. She she did it for her family. So mm-hmm. so Like her sacrifice was not recognized. She suffered the cost, but She's, not the benefit. She suffered because of her sacrifice. Right. Doubly mm. suffered. Right. And okay, so that's Gina Perenia's storyline. Yeah. And then the, I, they, these characters have names, but we can't remember it for now. <laughs> but, yeah. Let's uh, just call it. The other one, played by Chad Guinness, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. is someone who is who works as an arsonist and mm. who burns informal settlements mm. to the point where, if, if I remember correctly, uh, he felt. Does he feel guilt about it? How does he feel about it? <clears throat> no. Burned? What happened was. One the, the the last case that he was assigned to before he went insane, she, he was recognized by the community. Right. And they burned his house with his parents in it. Oh. He was doing yeah. he was doing the arson. He was he was serving as an arsonist so that he can pay for the medicine of his parents. Mm-hmm. In right. the end, her his parents died because the mm-hmm. community took revenge or tried to prevent mm-hmm. the burning of their own village. And that's political because, again, it's man versus his community. Yeah. You know, for yeah. the sins that he committed against the society. You know, oppress. In a way, he was an arm of oppression himself. Yeah, he was an arm and of oppression. And yet, he was, and it was he suffered the wrath of the oppressed fighting back. Yeah. So that's interesting. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. We're not. I'm not sure we're doing the third one in justice. Let's just say it. Like in a way, it, it is. Again, art is political because it prefers to. An issue with regards to the public, yeah, public uh, issues. Literally, so, social institutions like government mm. or community, uh, social except, morality, social morality, etc. What do you remember about uh, Baron Geisler's? Oh yeah, that one is a bit more more personal, really. So that's the right. deviant case to an extent. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think he was the one who was uh, physically abused by his father mm-hmm. to an extent that he basically lost his childhood. And so he's trying to inspire, stay in his childhood or regain his childhood by being like a Peter Pan. He literally yeah. his name is Peter. That's one I remember. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh-huh. so that's a deviant case, but at the same time, hmm. Yeah, we live well, in a, we live in a society wherein childhood is being slowly deprived. You know? Ah, uh, right. abuse is <laughs> abu- abuse is not only physical. His case mm-hmm. was physical. His mm-hmm. case was a physical one, so he would, he right. would be hanged upside down by his father and beat, beaten. So, mm-hmm. right. but uh, abuse at this point is becoming more and more subtle. I mean, forcing your students mm-hmm. to be top achievers, top notchers in in their schools mm-hmm. at a very young age, forcing them to mm-hmm. study on so on and so forth. The, the the trope of the Asian parent has its roots. <laughs> on oh, wow. such, I did not see that. 
the the that's a, it's just basically abuse as far as i'm concerned Ooh, abuse okay. is uh, abuse is not only about physical as far as i'm concerned uh, abuse is about depriving a, a child of it, of his or her childhood and yet you see a lot of young adults now trying to make up for lost time and purchasing toys and video games and yeah. childish hobbies to express yeah. that su- suppressed childhood yeah. so i suppose that's the social dimension of that you know yeah. Good. Gay everyone. Bola. Every, <laughs> every, no, everyone wants to be Peter Pan at this yeah. millennium because Ooh. they have lost their childhood. Why did they lose their childhood? So many cases. Probably poverty would be there. Working at an early age would be there. Overbearing parents would be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, physical abuse would be there. But there are so many ways to abuse children as long right. as they lose their childhood. Mm. Huh. So yeah. All right. Interesting. So those are our readings on the three timelines literally you can watch it for yourself yeah, the yeah. actual dramatic exposition but yeah, yeah. the way we narrate it it's actually quite deep mm. but the thing is um one thing that uh, gets in the way of these stories and these stories on its own are quite mm-hmm. compelling but why did it have to involve literal shit or literal like <laughs> overacting man child like baron geister who is famous mm. for you know mental break public mental <laughs> breakdowns actually which is funny because he His plays was an great. actual one right <laughs> It's convincing because he lived it, I think. But I suppose let's move on to the next theme, which is satire and art. And and you know, let's define satire a bit. You know, it was built in a vehicle that is meant to uh, be ridiculous, you know, and to be literally yeah. vulgar. You know, it's a vulgar type of satire yeah. uh, and violently almost. Yeah, so, as well. so satire what is, is satire. Uh, yeah. Well, satire is the the use of humor, mm-hmm. irony, and ex- exaggeration. So that's the mm-hmm. key point here. That's why they're like that. Exaggerates. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically to ridicule or to critique or to expose. Mm-hmm. Expose right. uh, the limitations of human beings in a social or political context. That's mm-hmm. basically satire. So satirists, mm-hmm. well, we have Voltaire. Uh, right. Candide would be one of the first masterpieces yeah. of satire. Or technically, the greatest novels <clears throat> that our country has produced, El Fili and Noli Mitangere mm-hmm. uh, by Rizal. I, I, was there humor in it? You mean there are satirical <laughs> elements? What? What? Was, was there humor in it? <laughs> well, you may not find it funny, but I suppose he intended and people read into it saying, uh, yeah, it was, there's a bit of comedy and ridiculing, particularly number one, Padre Lamaso, why did it have to be a fat? You know, he's normally portrayed as fat. Yeah. To the Doña Consolacion mm. and Doña Victorina, you know, the two old maids yeah. fighting, the both privileged, but both ugly women yeah. and then you have literally uh, oh my <laughs> well that's true so literally at least satire comfortably occupies the space between politics and art because technically when you have art of course is described as at least as expression or of creativity hmm. you know it could be anything it could depict beauty a lot of times we think of art as something beautiful mm. but it can also use things that are not so beautiful it could be grotesque it could mm. be vulgar and usually it's used for uh <clears throat> pol- political tools or political change mm. when it portrays society as such as something that is ugly mm. usually through this form of satire which exaggerates again th- certain elements like mm. stupidity <clears throat> like <clears throat> curse words like yep. uh say, illness <laughs> mental illness Hmm. So at, at least then satire 
is in between art and politics for a particular, purpose. I suppose, purpose or message. And I think the message is what we're trying to yeah. decode here. So tililing is a form of satire in a way because uh, it's trying to. What do you think it's trying to do with uh, its, it? I think it's just satire? it's opening the public's eye on certain mm -hmm. uh, certain issues. So it's not it's not one dimensional. It's not propaganda. It's, it's not conveying one single message. What it does uh -huh. is to introduce certain questions. Mm. Right. Introduce certain questions. First and foremost, what's the line between sane and insane? Mm -hmm. Where, what's the root of insanity? What's the social right. root of insanity? So mm -hmm. power is also one one thing that is in the movie with the fat overseer uh, over Ooh, uh, yeah. the, the the manager, right? Headmistress governess, yeah. I think. Yeah. And it's literally no one literally dressed. If you see the governess, quote unquote, she is modern, uh, is patterned after like a British style governess yeah, with yeah, a yeah, long yeah, dress. Yeah. So <laughs> no one in the Philippines dresses like that, and yet clearly it's to perhaps add to the theatrics. Mm. You know, there are literally people like synchronized dancing. No yeah. mental hospital would have synchronized dancing unless they do. So I don't no, know. That, that's Not part that of Philippine of. movies anyway. Uh or even Indian movies actually synchronized dancing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the satirical part. Yeah, the humorous part. <clears throat> Come to think of, did you find this movie funny? Is well, satires usually yep. use humor. <laughs> you, you found it funny. Okay. Yeah, there are funny moments in that. All right. What that. what made it funny? There's some just moments. For, for example, the, the the interns fight fighting over someone's underwear would be. Funny. Oh yeah, and I th that felt like. A bit a left field. It had nothing to do with mental illness, and yet maybe perhaps it's to show that you know they're people losing are crazy. it. Yeah, they're <laughs> losing it. <laughs> oh, God. And that was a crucial point. Yeah. That's at this point where the the, uh, the interns are starting to lose it themselves. Yeah. No, I mean this is no the fact that one of them was wearing the underwear of the other. Yeah. Means yeah, that yeah. they were already. Cr this was preceded the incident. In other words, they were crazy before the, <laughs> the lockdown happened. So. Yeah, I suppose that's one the major message at least right mm. now that is humorously and consistently expressed is that the line between sane and insane is not that not that big. In fact, I think that's the important thing. Um, if if I were to quote Alan Moore's The Killing Joke, where he his, he has mm. his take on the Joker, he says that the Joker, according to the Joker, everyone is just one bad day away from becoming like me. <laughs> Like a murderous psychopath, you know, crazy person. In other words, all it takes is one bad day. And I think the three mm. main special patients, or even all the patients, arguably, had one bad day more than the nurses. Yeah. So I think that's the point. And so one thing we can extract from that, I suppose, is a message, maybe even a moral lesson, is mm. to be kind because these people are just suffered a bit more pain than you did. But yeah. you also suffered pain, you know, maybe mm. if you're from the from the part of the nurse. Yeah, yeah. Empathy would be there. Yeah, empathy, empathy is there. But I think another thing, another thing that would probably be important is in the backdrop of it was, mm. of course, the actual mental hospital. They, mm. they apparently they used an abandoned building, mm. but uh, according to I, I had this talk with the students who also reviewed the movie, and they apparently they said that they used a real mental institute. It looks like the real one where they had very little space, mm. rusty. Bars, mm. so it's, it, it was an authentic portrayal of the mental hospital. What do you think about the backdrop? Yeah, it's dilapidated. Yeah. Mm. Well, backdrop. Well, I think it fits the entire crisis mm -hmm. nature of the story itself. So, but regarding mm -hmm. the depiction of, uh, is it accurate or not? I, I really cannot answer that because I have never mm -hmm. seen 
curiously, I've never seen a picture of our own mental institutions. I should take a picture of those. I should mm-hmm. try to find. But them. if, well, it's not that hard to believe that it is real because if you see any other government facility, like any public hospital or any uh, uh, <laughs> public hospital, yeah, dilapidated. Public is, so yeah, dilapidated. So that's a, that's in a way, it's not that it's exaggerated, but it's not that far from the kind <laughs> of facilities that <laughs> we have here. Yeah, it doesn't take much to exaggerate it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 a shitty place. It's literally filled with excrement. You know, that's it'd be amazed like how they were able to keep people there. It's not that hard to take over if you think about it. Yeah, it's just it's just a concentrated version of society itself. You know, mm-hmm. and that's right. one thing. That, uh, that's why I would like to emphasize that, uh, something mm-hmm. that we can take from uh, the political nature of this film mm-hmm. is that, you know, according to <clears throat> from uh, philosopher and psychologist mm-hmm. Eric Fromm. He right. poses the question: Are is society really sane? Mm. You know, because uh, according to from those who are suffering from uh, mental illness, those who are uh, suffering from uh, what you call hysteria, he would call mm. it that way. But uh, those who are suffering from mental illness, they're the ones who are actually resisting the forces of society in order for them mm. to be free. The, right. That's the cost of their freedom, which is to be insane. Mm-hmm. Well, mm. the sane ones. They're the ones who sacrifice their own freedom, and they, they're also subject to mental illnesses as far as mm. capitalism is concerned. Mm. So then again, they, the 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 three main the, the three main patients they were the ones who actually suffered from society's wrath right. to an extent. Mm-hmm. And they, so society itself to an extent may be insane. It just it it just passes on its insanity to its individual members. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's through that movie that I <laughs> that I actually realized what tiddling meant. It literally means the bell. And yeah. if you notice, like uh, uh, a visual cue that of tiddling is the whenever you ring the bell, like a literal hand bell, mm. their tongues w- wag left to <laughs> right, and it's meant to mimic the bell. Uh, yeah, yeah, something yeah. Like that. I tried. It's a it's a podcast, so you won't see it. But it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's 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 a, it's also a about oblivion. <laughs> yeah, condition. When you ring the bell, they condition people to like they they freeze when you. Yeah. That's why I said in weird. Tililing laban sa may tililing. Why do you think they have we have that metaphor for that uh, bell? You know, and why probably, is that dedication for yeah, craziness? Yeah, yeah, probably for that one. I would agree with that. That's the first time I realized that one that they actually yeah. make the bell. But uh, mm-hmm. I think it's just say it's a nod to Pavlov. And uh, mm-hmm. his uh, experiment on bells and conditioning, where ring the bell, the dog would salivate because it would associate the bell with, uh, with the food. So, are you saying that Philippine idiom is aware of Pavlov and his experiments? I think he was. I think the creator was. But uh, is Philippine idiom aware of Pavlov regarding tilling? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I say, ang 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 pinagmula niyan may alog. Alog. Maybe there's a sa- maybe it's because the- when you shake the head, made to know. Yeah. yeah. When- so in other words, which means it's loose. Uh huh. Which means it's loose. It's uh. Your sound. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, came from that. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, Tililing came from that, but no, I don't think it's that idiom came from Pablo. It's just a freak coincidence. A freak coincidence. Right. All right. I suppose we talked about its hidden meanings and the. Uh, the hidden political dimensions, and that's fine. And but what if there's some people say maybe we're just over intellectualizing? What if it's like a trash film? So maybe let's balance it out a bit. Like, what do you think were the flaws of the film? 
I mean, given the fact that it has a limited budget, and yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they didn't have, have a to, lot of time. Yeah, they they had they, to recycle <laughs> a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bad side of it. That's one thing. Uh, okay, regarding the first your first question, what what, what if it's just a trash film? Mm-hmm. The presence of those mini lectures more or less indicates otherwise. If those mini mi- lectures, those those, those uh, narrative uh, the narrations. The, the narrations right. to explain. You mean the monologues? The, yeah, Which, the monologues. by the way, they used theatrical style. Like their visuals were very theatrical. Yeah, they used yeah. theater sets. All right. Yeah. You know, the, the monologues to uh, mm-hmm. explain. If right. those monologues did not exist, then I would say that this is probably a trash film. But mm-hmm. those monologues exist. And mm-hmm. as long as they, they are there, I cannot right. really accept that this can be a trash film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bad things about it, <clears throat> just to balance things out, hmm. Curiously, I can't see that much. Uh, probably right. the pro- probably the nod to Filipino films, and then again that that mm-hmm. adds a Filipino flavor to it. The usual dance right. uh, <laughs> dance routines, the singing. Uh, that's basically mm. that's basically a caricature of uh, Filipinos' eighties uh, nineties films. So uh, even Man I can excuse that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that will be the last film. So, yeah. hmm. well, you, you go first. Uh, I don't know if I have anything bad to say about this. I one. mean. Yeah, I like like what you said. I think it's clear that they lacked uh, the time and the production budget mm. just to fill in like a half. It's barely an hour and a half, but they clearly they reuse a lot of scenes just to go back and forth. It was a bit dizzying sometimes, and yeah. it, it took me out of it a bit. So clearly, it, it's just to re- hammer over the head that remember this scene, remember this scene. So I think he's clearly trying to convey a deep message, but he knows his audience is not that well used to such not used to that medium or his style mm. so he's literally just hammering in his head with the visual cues mm. so i suppose it literally he has a smart message but he attracts a, a crowd that is not not very refined and he treats them as such which i suppose uh it could be do- done better i mean as you and i are a bit more refined than his crowd you know we kind of got the message a bit mm. more you know, easier, so you didn't need to hammer it on. So that's one. Number two, I suppose I share the general concern with the use of uh, the overuse of excrement of body fluid. <laughs> Was it necess- How much of it is necessary? And you know, the excessive excrement. You know that hmm. I, I say. I, I I again, I can't say it, it's too bad. Too uh, it's a bad thing. Hmm. Um. Because I actually appreciate, like you mentioned earlier, Monty Python, or even mm. uh, what's his name, John Waters. I think mm. who's a, um, a famous filmmaker who literally mm. f- had featured drag queens mm. eating excrement or eating shit. Oh, literally, John Waters. You know, so yeah, inter- and I, I respect people who, or even like Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol featured people also uh, in literal trash, you know, <laughs> garbage. So it's funny that we don't actually have mm. a lot of the people experimenting. And that's mm. one thing that I appreciate this film for. It's mm. to break okay. it's to, yeah. to break norms yeah. and to experiment. And yeah. that excites me. But as like many experiments, like many experiments, uh, they they do make unnecessary risks and they end up sometimes alienating a lot of people. A lot of the critics did not get it. They cannot get the 
initial salvo of the, yeah. the, the shit. So that's, it's not for ev- clearly not for everyone. But again, that's, that's the uh, risk for making a certain certain works. Certain works are not for everyone. But if you, it is rewarding if you go through it. So I, that's what I have to say. Even <clears throat> in its flaws, there's something quirky and pre- something <clears throat> you can appreciate it, even for its flaws. The the the, the shit was contextualized. Mm-hmm. It's it's not random shit. I, I don't think it's an yeah. unnecessary risk. Because the, the, the shit was in the context of the intern mm-hmm. who was very clean to an extent, right. uh, well brought up, not exposed mm-hmm. to the hardships of life. Right. What's the best way to give her a crash course on the life of the impoverished rather than, mm. other yes, than throwing shit at that? So it's contextualized, not too much. Now, regarding the piss, however, that, that was that, that was to an extent unnecessary. Funny. That was to an extent necessary to yeah, just right. to highlight the crisis part. You know, in, in Filipino <clears throat> culture, the worst crisis is to be in a jeepney while your bladder is full and in your uh, middle uh, yeah, of traffic. Yeah. That's the worst struggle that any commuter can experience. Right. So they just translated that one into that crisis mode when they're mm-hmm. running on a they're running for hours. They're trying to escape. Uh, right. They're trying to find a space to recuperate, and one lost the battle at oh, the expense of the okay. rest. But I, I think I also think that's a bit too much to extend. They, they could they could have done it in a more uh, subtle yet yeah. still humorous way. But that was a I bit suppose, too much. <laughs> yeah, I suppose some scenes is to again prepare you for that. So before the piss, before the shit, they mm-hmm. give you piss just to <laughs> prepare you for the shit in a way. So as in the way that sets sometimes things are there just to set the tone. But again, we might be over intellectualizing it. So as I suppose one thing that I think one last question we can run through is that we know the this is satirical. We know it has something mm. in between. So what is its place in Philippine cinema and what do you think uh, this implies in the future? Maybe <clears throat> what's the is there value in what Daryl Yap is doing? You know, or is he just uh, another provocate provocateur? Some people are provocateur just to provoke for the sake of provoking. Some people uh, as like accuse him of that just being a sheer provocateur but does he have method to his madness what do you think is that is is, is provocateur a derision or a compliment some people th- think it that way he f- certainly finds it a compliment maybe that's, that's why thing. he still has that's, it that's the purpose of provocateurs there's they're right. they are meant to be complimented by insults so that's his position mm-hmm. in society so uh, mm-hmm. what's the position of this film in society mm-hmm. if it is meant to show people the reality of mental health in the Philippines, mm-hmm. then it probably failed to an extent. Hmm. To an extent. Okay. But mm-hmm. uh, because it shows something different, you know, it, it shows not the men, it shows not our policies on mental health per se, but on the mental health of society as a whole. Are mm-hmm. we living in a, in, in a sane society? I think that's the main question that it's, it mm-hmm. to an extent provokes. Are, are mm. we a sane society? And it's a difficult question to address because if you say that we're not in a sane society, then what on God's name are we? Mm. So, but uh, will this? I think this film may age properly. <laughs> I think this the value of this film would uh, would not be immediate. What extent? Would not be immediate. Right. It, it would de- it would depend on whether those who appreciate it actually more or less uh, try to promote it. Yeah. Mm. And Tony even I'm promoting it so for our listeners <laughs> here. Uh, yeah. Give it a try. If you have watched it before, try to watch it again uh, using uh, the insights that we have formed here, uh, mm-hmm. the questions that we have asked. So, mm. 
So yeah, he's a provocateur. That's his position. So we we should not expect any any more anything less. So that's his place. Mm-hmm. So our place is right. to make sense of provocateurs' products. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so in other words, he, he, he there is value to his existence because he brings to attention things that aren't all entirely obvious or some yeah. things we may need to relearn. Yeah. I, in a way, like I've again, I've seen this. Uh, I've seen lessons like this before, like inmates taking over the asylum you know mm. what even the killing joke did it like mm. still much better you know in batman and the joker but at least it's nice to see someone taking risks using the philippine flavor or even philippine mm. accent like and i think it's good to see like even uh, there's a john waters here even though john waters is not for everyone mm. uh so I pre- again I appreciate novelty. Sometimes I appreciate novelty mm. for the sake of novelty, but in this case, there's some even there's even aesthetic novelty in the Philippine mm. cinema, and I think it's a a sign that we need to take more risks, even vulgar risks, mm. in some films. There, I mean, the fact that he has so many films that that are coming out right now, like I, mm. I can name five films that I've like five trailers for five films that are that came out this year. Oh. That's like yeah. He prolific. did like Joeable. He did ang babae na walang nararamdaman. I think or something. And then there's another one. You guys at the Sharon Conetta. He yeah, got yeah. at the Shawi. Revirginized, I think. That's what I. Revirginized. You saw that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I saw. So I saw like, the. Yeah, so it's like clearly producers are seeing something mm. that are is worth, I suppose, funding. Again, it's not for everyone. And again, I'm not sure I'd watch it again. In fact. Mm. After that, I was thinking whether I should watch it again. I could. I don't think I can. But I appreciate for having watched it once. Some some films are like that, uh, but I I think that's one thing I can say that there is, it's worth taking certain risks, even aesthetic ones, like or even anti-aesthetic ones, like yeah. something gr- using the grotesque in the film. Yeah, it You know, the thing is, it takes it takes much takes much energy. takes so much risk. To try mm. to expose the underbelly of a society, mm. it's like turning a cow on its on its back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you either get crushed by the cow, and of course you need so much energy to try to mm-hmm. overturn the cow. So that's basically what he's doing. That's what provocateurs right. are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So to try to expose the underbelly of society, and uh, <clears throat> ever since 2016, I think our underbelly have been exposed, mm-hmm. or is being exposed mm-hmm. right now. So. I think the next question would be, what should we do after Daryl? Yeah, mm-hmm. so he, he would mean, keep on he he would keep on producing this this type yeah. of thing. So, the mm-hmm. value of his work can only be extracted properly in relation to works that would respond to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I think technically we we elect well, okay, mm-hmm. the, the electorate elected a provocateur as a president. Mm-hmm. So, and we all know how that turned out. If there's mm-hmm. a provocateur without substance, then we go after them. But uh, again, we have to go through this. Even provocateurs deserve at least a fair judgment in what mm. we're doing. And so, yeah, I think that's one thing we, we have to respect at least, yeah. if not necessarily yeah. completely appreciate. We do, you and I appreciate it, but again, mm. not ev- we, we both know that not everyone can. It will have a hard time finding yeah. an ob- audience. But yeah. again, if, if there's a common audience among our listeners, feel free. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he's a provocateur. Judge him as a provocateur. I mean, you, you judge a fish based on how it swims. So if yeah. he if he provokes if he provoked you, then he's doing his job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And Tuberfolk thought, even though he didn't does not have a message for you, perhaps yeah. even without it, just the fact of saying, yeah. why am I provoked? That question of reflection, you know, yeah. saying, why am I provoked? Should I be provoked? Yeah. You know, did it deserve my provocation? <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that has been a great discussion of our film institute without yeah. a guest. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm still trying to find the entrance music for that movie. I, I want it. <laughs> literally, it's like <laughs> in a choral. Yeah. You know that. You know that's one thing. I love it. Mm -hmm. The the entrance music of that mm -hmm. triggered my uh, idea that san insanity is to an extent a form of freedom in its deformed mm. way. Because yeah. that music, that music was had a had the vibes of freeing. You know, it, it's uh -huh. open chords, uh, yeah. choral work, high notes, ah. high pitches. So it's it has the the feeling of being free. Yet mm. the words is basically that of frustration. So it's basically just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Like it's a son of a bitch again, again, again. Yeah. Mother's a whore. Your mother's a whore <laughs> for <our laughs> international listeners. So yeah. yeah. My God, it's fascinating. I mean, yes. you, you'd think that curse words have lost its luster or like, mm. you know, like in this day and age when everyone can curse, even the present curses, but mm. they're even great. They made that song. There's even this other song that you and I love. <laughs> it's literally the bad version. Oh, that's enough cursing. We have yeah, listeners the, from high school. Regarding the movie, anyway. uh, Regarding right. the, the strategic use of cursing, so I think this right. would be the opposite <clears throat> of the death of Stalin. Because the death of Ooh. Stalin, there there was also a lot of cursing, but a bit more uh, strategically placed. So right. uh, the director was explicit about that, so strategic use of uh, uh -huh. cursing. But this one is the opposite of that, which is it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because because it is a crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a crisis movie, so it, it would be mm -hmm. everywhere, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that discussion. If you have yep. another movie to give us, please let us know. But for now, let's move on to recommendations. Where we recommend perhaps related movies, books, hmm. articles, videos even, music that can help uh, supplement the discussion we had today, particularly about satire, mm. politics, and cinema, and provocateurs. Yeah. So, Borge, what do you have for us? Today? I am recommending the movie Mad to Be Normal. So Ooh, it's, it's a it's, movie. Yeah, it's a what movie. Year? Uh, 2017, I think. Okay. 17. It's new. Uh, I already sent you the some clips of it. R.D. Lang, right. uh, David Tennant. Oops. I, David Tennant as R.D. Lang, the psychologist, the infamous psychiatrist and psychologist R.D. Lang. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's a short biopic on his methods uh, in treating the, men, the, the mentally ill. So right. one of the main arguments provided by R.D. Lang in his works and to an extent he manifested <clears throat> in his own practice was uh, the necessity of empathy mm -hmm. in treating mental illness. Necessity mm -hmm. of empathy. So one part of this film, if you it would be one of the, the infamous case wherein R.D. Lang tried to talk to someone who is, uh, again, a mentally ill patient uh, who is not eating for days, silent, wouldn't talk to someone. Yeah. What, what R.D. Lang did was to try to move into that person's space by 
not being overpowering by basically removing his shoes, uh, offering cigarettes to the patient, try, trying to make her talk. Uh, mm. when, the, when the patient started removing her clothes, he removed his clothes just to make mm-hmm. the patient, again, comfortable. So mm. eventually, the, he was successful in, to an extent, making the patient respond. So they, they basically had lunch together in, in oh. the cell. So that would be an infamous case that R.D. Lang did. And uh, mm-hmm. he was lambasted. He was criticized by mainstream psychiatrists at that time mm-hmm. who preferred more strict uh, means of... Anyway, so that's yeah. my recommendation. You can also find his books. His books are very small. I think they have some books here. Then again, <laughs> yeah. uh, the film would be a good start. Ah, right. Thank you for that. Uh, I have a similar one. It also involves, again, mental health or psychological treatment. I think you and I both love this movie. Uh, mm. It's called Equus, based on the play by Peter <laughs> yeah. Schaefer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on the play by Peter Schaefer, who also wrote Mozart. Amadeus. Amadeus, you know? Amadeus, yeah. Amadeus, yeah. Uh, this one is, again, a story of Dr. Dysart, who meets this young boy named Alan Strang, uh, who eventually ends up blinding horses. It's a very specific and weird thing. Why would the young man start right, start naked? And again, the play is famous. The play is famous for featuring a young man, a young actor naked. And again, it got my attention first with Daniel Radcliffe was in the role of Alan Strang. Yeah, stop. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. um, And yeah. So, and so, why and the, the dilemma of the, f- the film weirdly is that he starts getting fascinated with his patient and he realized that perhaps he may not he doesn't want to cure him he doesn't want to cure him because his pain actually makes him more human he's starting to feel and romanticize it saying but he's able to gallop he's able to ride these horses he's able to feel something greater you know so it's like why take that away from him and in a way, insanity, again, like what you said, is a form of freedom. Why take away that freedom? And again, the counterpoint to that, again, I forget the character's name, but the, his, fee, his friend said, yeah, female, he's female, in pain. Yeah, yeah. That's the point. That's the tension. Should you cure him because of his insanity, you know, which is in a way a beautiful art form. He's able to worship horses, mm. actually. He, that's the thing. He Before he blinded them, mm. he worshipped these horses. I was like, why take that away from him? He is so free and it's like mm. no he, but he's also in pain mm. in a way it's your doctor it's your job to think so that debate st- I, I watched it all this time and he mm. uh, he claims at the end of the play and film he claims mm. that there that he did but he f- feels guilty about it and he feels haunted by it mm. haunted by Equus who is the horse god so that's another issue like mm. should we even cure these people or are we simply mm. Our, our, is our empathy for the mentally ill also a form of mental illness? That's another possible thing. And I, I, this is one of my fa- top five movies, favorite movies of all yeah. time. Yeah, I, so, I also like that movie. I, I should rewatch that. I need yeah. to rewatch Sorry, Richard Burton. Yeah, yeah Richard my God. Burton. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, regarding that one, one of my. Oh, we should have that as our next BI Equus. I don't it's know. Let's see. One. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. But then we'll recommend that. We're recommending that one as well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Eric Fromm would say, uh, freedom in under a capitalist society uh, mm. is freedom that would be morphed. It would be freedom that would um, be attached with so much pain, but at least you would be free. Mm. And hence, ah. insanity. Uh, mm. The problem would be the, the society itself. 
can the society can can social norms can practices can mm-hmm. social procedures actually yeah. facilitate freedom that need not have so much pain right they have in so fact much, so much cost the one thing i find interesting with dr dysart was that is it really him being objective or is he just jealous because alan strang the young boy who blinds horses mm-hmm. feels more than he ever did because it's yeah. clear from the movie that he's in a loveless marriage he mm-hmm. meets people crazy people every day patients and mm-hmm. he doesn't feel anything so i suppose it's just his form of illness which is not feeling anything at all yeah so then yeah, he that, accentuated by meeting a patient who feels so much yeah so i, I think that's what peter shafer does he loved putting extremes he did that with um salieri, Mozart yeah. and salieri oh, yeah and this time it's with alan strang and dysart usually that's the they it's it's a learned old man observing a young talented <clears throat> free man so it's <clears throat> like that's his trope i think peter shafer but anyway this is not about peter shafer <laughs> it's about dealing but again it's all about mental illness so i think it's that's uh, it's plays like this even though hmm. they, the playwright may not himself be mentally ill we don't know about that but yeah, it's mental. Uh, the mental illness could be a metaphor for so many things, like representation of freedom and oppression. So you know, the, it's a very interesting thing to think about, even with the mental health discourse right now. I, so hopefully, think, we can learn about it. I think our mental health discourse would have been. We can say we can say our mental health discourse is already in a, an advanced stage if right. we can produce that play here in the Philippines. We did. We it did. Was at when? 2010. Yeah, so I who's remember because starring uh, I, 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 I can't remember but uh, I don't think he acts anymore that's why it, it was that bad for, <laughs> no no Philippine, Philippine Repertory actually did it in 2010 oh, but, damn it. but the problem is I don't think it, it was I th- again we're, we still have a very conservative theater going yeah, audience, yeah, yeah. So I don't think yeah but hopefully we can stage Equus again hopefully me as Dr. Dysart <laughs> Uh, or I don't know because I, I do not have the courage to play Alan Strang. It's two thousand. Yeah. It's two thousand. Anyway. Found it. <laughs> you found it. Found it. No, I remember. It's two thousand ten. I remember because uh, anyway, it was after uh, Daniel Radcliffe, so we were following suit. All right. And, well, okay. Well, that was a full episode. I'm this is. I'm actually happy this how it turned out. So yeah, if you have an, a movie to suggest, please let us know for our next film institute or even a question mm-hmm. on things and politics and philosophy in general. So find the PI podcast. Uh, it's available at Spotify, uh, Anchor, I- and YouTube. Yeah. If you have any questions, send it to us at <clears throat> PI Podcast PH at Gmail dot com. But until the next episode. Magandang gabi, mga kapiay.